Our first guest tonight is Peter Hudson. As I'm sure most of you know, Peter is a landscape and portrait painter living and working here in Mullaney since the 1990s. Uh, in his paintings, he explores aspects of the natural world, astronomy, mythology, and history to investigate what he describes as the deep mystery of existence and of us being here. There's a kind of confluence of the titles of the books here tonight. 20 years or so ago, he made the first of many trips to the Aboriginal communities of Dagaragu and Kalkarinji in Gurindji country in the Northern Territory. The Gurindji people, their land, and the story of the Wave Hill walk-off have been major influences on his work, but so too has the landscape around Mullaney, in particular the Glasshouse Mountains, and I think it'd be fair to say of them, particularly Kunaran. Peter exhibits regularly, has won many art prizes, and is represented in the collections of the National Portrait Gallery, the Museum and Art Gallery of the Northern Territory, and Parliament House Brisbane, amongst others. His recent exhibition at the USC, The Mystery of Being Here, is the most significant solo presentation of his work so far. The exhibition was accompanied by a beautifully designed monograph with contributions by Christine Toussaint de Moreau, Carol Schwartzman, Jeff McMullen, Charlie Ward, and Kev Carmody. Please welcome Peter to Milano. Thank you. Thank you. So Peter, can we start by talking a little bit about your early life? Your parents moved about a fair bit, didn't they? Yeah. Um, um, I was born in Townsville, and we, uh, my dad was a communications officer at, at um, the airport in, in Townsville, and um, I was there till about the age of four, I think, and he got a transfer out to Longridge, and uh, he worked at the airport at Longridge. Um, so, yeah, that was that was the first little chunk of my life. Was um, so you were there until you were an adult at Longridge. No, 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 no. I, we left. I left Longridge um, when I was about six or seven. So we only had a few years out there. Uh, actually, five years. I must have been a bit older. Um, then we came into Brisbane. Oh, okay. There. Yeah. But the early years were kind of out in the bush, as it were, definitely. out back. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's where I. Even as a kid, I remember the the landscape, the um, the feeling of the landscape when when um, I was we were out at Longridge, and um, I think it it's kind of one of those things that um, just goes in and stays that um, that sort of feeling um, and how it affects you. So uh, yeah, I just I think that's when I became a painter as a little kid out there. I had no idea what. You know, I didn't make any paintings or anything, but something went off, you know, in here and up and there, I think. And um, about that particular landscape, about but but I mean, Longreach is is it's very different from where you ended up with the Dagaragu and the um, and the uh, and the Kalkarinji people, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, I've just totally um, uh, two different worlds. But I think at Longreach it was more the. Um, because, because we lived out, out, on, out of town a little bit, out at, uh, at the airport, um, we had pretty much free range um, into the bush. My, so my brothers and sisters, were, you know, we had horses and goats and dogs and cats and cows and things. That sort of came with the job out there. Yeah. So um, that sort of life, you know, it takes you... You, you, you get out in the bush and you, you feel it and smell it and 
and, and get a bit of an understanding of, um, you know, the things I remember are just even things like the wind out there, the, the hot, hot wind and dry ground and it's a very flat country, so, um, but it went in, all yeah. the way in, yeah. And, and was the, I mean, your father, is an aeronautical engineer, is that what you said? No, no, he was a communications, like an air traffic controller. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, was there art in your household? Were, were you... Were you uh, not really, there was music. My father was a musician and um, not so much art, I don't think, I, I really didn't, I think the first time I noticed art was when I was, after we left Longreach, we went to, to Brisbane and... We were again living in a department house at Archerfield at the yeah. airport. And there was a, a team of house painters came and painted our house. And um, one of the guys was a, um, he was a house painter, yeah. but also after work, he used to make these little, on, just on bits of ply or cardboard, he used to make these little landscape paintings. And I noticed one one day and, you know, just, you know, boom, you know, it just kind of, um, um, it just, I just saw this magic for the first time and again that went in, I still, you know, didn't do anything myself but that memory and that little, those little paintings that he did um, just kind of flicked a switch somewhere that I kind of packed away and you know? That somebody could actually do that, that, that somebody who was a real bloke who yes. actually painted houses could also, yeah. was also allowed to kind of dabble in these very, little... Very much so, yeah. That was, it was a beautiful thing to... You know, if that didn't happen, thank God it happened, you know, yeah. like, um, because it, it did something to me that, that it was something else I just packed away and yeah. didn't know what to do with it, but... It just sort of got packed away, and yeah. um, so so then in about the 1990s you come and live in Mullaney, yeah. and then a few years later, how did you end up going out to the Gringy country? How did that happen? Um, well, that that happened through um, the Kev Carmody and Paul Kelly song from Little Things, Big Things Grow. That that song um, because I'm a musician. Uh, as well, it sort of um, that was kind of was like seeing a seeing that hearing that song was like seeing a, a beautiful painting for me. And um, again, it went right in, and it was such a beautifully crafted song that um, it told this beautiful story in a very masterful way of, of writing a song. Um, and it told this beautiful story about the Gringy people and that's how, through the lyrics of that song, um, I, I, I had no idea about the Wayfield walk-off. It was 1966. And um, so it just, it just really affected me and I saw Kev Carmody for the first time and I just thought he, he just had this beautiful kind of... Um, way about him and the sound of his voice um, just turned me on to, you know, I just wanted to, I wanted more of that and 
So, um, so that's you, how it happened. But I mean, you just kind of rocked up there to, to, to that country and said... Um, well, pretty much. I'll, look, after I heard the song, uh, I, wrote a, I read a book called, of Frank Hardy's called The Unlucky Australians. Yeah. And it, that was a um, very seminal book. Um, and it told the story, a deeper sort of, a more detailed version of what happened out there. And, the, and being Frank Hardy, he brought in the political side of the story. And I got interested in that. And it was actually given to me by Michael Berry. Oh, okay. The, the, the book. And, um, which, and, and Faith is here somewhere tonight too. Um, so I read that book and at the moment I finished it, I started organising a trip. I, I just wanted to go there, go to the, that part of the world. And my idea was to go to Wave Hill Station. And in my mind, I thought I would see, um, you know, Aboriginal stockmen and, you know, wor working and, as stockmen and ringers around the station. But when I got out there, that wasn't the case. And it was, there was a real sense of, um, it was a very quite racist and not what I, it sort of blew my dream, you know. I was quite disappointed and depressed. But, and I stayed at that station because I, I, I organised uh, to stay at the station thinking that this would be where I, where I could start work yeah. on, on a project. But it wasn't like that. But luckily enough, there was an old a bore inspector who um, worked on the station and I think he just somehow twigged that, that um, he, I think he just felt my depression and he came up to me one day and said, I know where you should be. And he said, if, I'll meet you at 6.30 in the morning and I'll take you to Kalkaringi. And Kalkaringi, I had no idea what Kalkaringi was. It, that's, it was kind of, um, um, it was just this mythical place. And so this old fella took me over to Kalkaringi, dropped me off there for the day. He went off and, and did his thing. And that was my introduction, my real introduction to um, the Gringy people and, um, and their story. And um, that was, ended up, the first of many, many trips of going out there and sort of just digging deeper into that story and and getting it and just um, you know like I, I wanted to um, I don't know what I was after but I, I, I was I just got there I, I, all of a sudden I was out there and I started working and um, and I've never stopped I, I've still got a connection to. Absolutely. And I want to go out next year again. Yeah. So. So, so one of the things about your work out there, I mean, from what I've been reading about your practice is that you have two different modes of painting. You have, you have your studio work and then you have your en plein air work. And, and out there, it's your en plein air work, basically. Yes. And what you do, I, I mean, I'll let you tell you what you do, but, but to the extent is that you, um, you start and finish a painting in a day. It's not, it's not a process of you're going to go back and work on the same painting each day. Each day is a separate painting. Yeah. So that must be a very immersive process, is it? I mean, the, the, the time constraints of that or, or how, speak to that. Um, well, first of all, they're, they're not very big. You know, they're not, they're, they're, not, they're not sort of big canvases. Not like your portraits and things no, like no, that. No, no, no. They're, they're not 
you know, they're half a metre, sort of, okay. that sort of size. So you, um, and you can do that in, if, if you work hard, you can do that in a day. Uh, and, and that's what I like to do. I, like, I, I never touch them once they're finished. I don't, I don't sort of touch them up or... I like that, that immersing experience of being there on site and just responding to what's in front of you is the one of the, the one of the most beautiful things that yeah. you can do. So um, yeah, that's that's the beauty of plein air painting. Yeah. I, mean, I, I just was uh, I visited your exhibition down at USC. I, I was um, and and I was just struck by the the extraordinary breadth of your vision, particularly. I mean, and the, for those who haven't been to that exhibition, it was in it was in two rooms, and there was a, a room which was just landscapes basically, um, mm. and there was the larger room, but then you went into a, into a second room, and there were the portraits, mm. and uh, it was just the, they're just extraordinary paintings. They are so they're large. Some of them are like two meters by two meters, and the although the subjects are often placed off centre, they are centre stage. There is no um, they're, they're Right in your face, enormous mm. portraits, incredibly moving, incredibly powerful. And seeing being in a room full of people, it wasn't like being in a room full of paintings. It was room like being in a room full of people as well. Oh, they're, they're, yeah. Mm. So I, I just wondered how you got from being a landscape painter to suddenly, well, not to suddenly, but to becoming a portrait painter as well. Well, you know what it was? It was the Gurindji experience again. When I, I had never made a portrait uh, until. Um, after my experience with at, at, at Wave Hill, at, at uh, sorry, Kalkaringi, um, and it it was the again the, it's the thing just happened. Um, the very first time I went out there and stayed at Wave Hill Station, had that terrible experience. I remember when I came back on the plane, I had, I had to go there via Darwin, and. Um, when I was flying back on the plane, I, I was depressed. Also, it rained out there, so I couldn't get out and do much work. So I came back with just a couple <coughs> of small paintings and I felt a bit sort of deflated and embarrassed. And, you know, I spent all this money getting out there and um, I came come back with nothing virtually. So I kind of wanted to redeem myself a little bit. So. On the way home from Darwin, I thought, I'm going to have to... I decided to make... Just jump in the deep end and make a portrait of not one person, but four people. And the, the people... And the painting is called The Storytellers. And it wasn't in that exhibition, but it's a painting that is at Parliament House in Brisbane. It's called The, Story, the Storytellers. And I made a painting, painting of... The two guys that turned me on to the Wayfield Walk-Off, which was Kev Carmody and Paul Kelly, um, Frank Hardy was in it because I read his book and I, ha and I included Vincent Lingiari. He was the, the, um, the leader of the Gurindji people and he led the people off the uh, on the strike. So um, it was kind of... Almost like um, I had no idea how to how what I was going to do with it, but I wanted to make this painting. I made a few sketches on the plane, and when I got home, I just just dived in and 
started working on it and I think I, it was kind of like divine intervention and, and channeling or something. But I pulled off a painting with a, a portrait painting with four people in it and that looked okay. So, um, um, These things are never given. <laughs> but it, it, it kind of got me... It got me... It, it made me realise that if I could make them... And then, so, it was about the Gringy people, so then I started making portraits. The next trip out to Kalkaringi, I started making portraits of the people. That was very difficult because they're not great sitters for, um, for portraits. And they're very, they, they kind of, you know, they, they're typical Aboriginal people. They'll, they'll, they'll say, oh, okay, oh, we'll start at nine o'clock. And, you know, they won't come at all. And um, so that was a little bit di difficult. But so I ended up using some uh, photographs for that. But I did do, there was one beautiful Aboriginal man out there called George Gudemai, who I wanted to uh, include the portrait in, in his portrait in the exhibition, but it was just impossible to get it. But that was the only portrait I did from life from uh, um, out there, and it's definitely one of my favourites. But um, so yeah, I just kind of because that story is about the Gurindji people as well as the land. The people were uh, is as important as the um, as the landscape. So and and there's a there I've noticed a kind of aesthetic or an artistic decision you're making there in the portraits because the portraits are of people they're not in landscape. You, you, no. the, the background is just completely washed out. Yeah. I mean there is one portrait you've done where the landscape is all through mm. that musician I can't remember his name. Sorry, yeah, Shane Howard. Shane yeah. Howard is all through his body. But mm. but generally speaking, you keep the landscape out of the out out of the portraiture. Yeah, I think I, I don't even know why. I, I think that's just—it's um, just a graphic. It's just a design thing. I think it's just kind of if you—you know—like I just feel as if, if you're making a painting of someone you admire greatly, it's—it's it's all about just that person, and the the background or the rest of the painting is um, not irrelevant, but. Um, it's it's about that person because those the people I choose to paint uh, they're they're like personal heroes so it's kind of like hero worship for me so the main thing is is to you know get that person as good as you can and um, you know make it look good so it's really a design thing and and you mentioned before too I, I often I like to. Put them a little bit off centre. So um, uh, again, that's just a design. There's there's not nothing deep behind that. It's just really a design um, thing. Right. So I, I mean, to me, the idea of of you know having all my writing kind of put up on a wall for my whole lifetime and have a room full of people go in and look at it would just be the worst thing I could possibly imagine. <laughs> how, how 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 was it for you to to have a a really serious, and, and I just have to say, you know, it was a really excellent exhibition. How was that you. for you to, to, to be there and see all your work up there like that? Oh, it was a thrill. It was, it was especially the portraits, I, because I've always, a lot of those, those bigger portraits, I must admit, I, 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 had, I, I was chosen, 
I got into the Archibald Prize with the Paul Kelly painting. Yeah. And, and that kind of... I got sucked in a little bit there. I, got, I thought, OK, well, the next painting I'll do, um, I'll enter that in the Archibald Prize and surely I will get chosen as well. But it doesn't happen like that, unfortunately. But so I, I just had this, this formula of making large paintings of, of, of my heroes. So no, I just, then I just kept it, kept it going. I didn't give a damn with it, about the Archibald Prize. But to answer that question, Stephen, it was... I always had this dream of having a lot of those big portraits because I painted them and then I sent them away and often they didn't... They never came back again. They yeah. either... You know, if they... they thankfully, were taken by the... A few of them were taken by the National Portrait Gallery. So they didn't come back home again. So I only sort of lived with them while I was working on them. And when they were finished and dry, they, they left my home and didn't come back. So I had this, always had this dream of it, having a room with them all in, and, and I got it. <laughs> and it was, it was quite beautiful. Look, thank, you so, thank you so much, Peter, for coming up and talking to us tonight. You can't see the exhibition that's at the USC anymore, I'm afraid, but there is this beautiful book. Um, and it's for sale at the back, and at the end of the night, you can go and get a copy of it because it really it contains. Does it? It's, I think it's all the paintings that were in the exhibition, plus a few. Plus other. a few. Yeah. 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 So it's great. Yeah. Please put your hands together for Peter Hudson. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you very much. <laughs>